You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, Silver and Black. Today, segment number three as we move along. If you're listening to us on 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, thanks for being with us. If you're listening to us on the Odyssey Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts, you might be listening on your phone, on Apple uh, Podcasts, you might be listening on Spotify, you might have said, hey, Alexa, play Silver and Black today. If you're listening to us on the kitchen as you cook or as you get in the car, Hello, hope on. Watch those devices. They're always listening to us. Uh, but anyway, we appreciate that. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it as well. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter, too. It's SNB Today. I am at LV Gully. And, of course, Mo, my usual co-host, will be back next week. M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. And sitting in for Mo today on this edition of Silver and Black Today, of course, is my good friend, Evan Grote, he is of the Just Pod Baby podcast, which you got to go subscribe to as well, wherever you get your podcasts. Also a producer over at sportsnot.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at egrote5. Evan, a couple pieces, really good pieces um, about, and I know it's pile on time, right? When you're having a season as poor as the Raiders are, it's hard to write about positive things, even though I'm trying to talk about positive things. And I tell people to find the negative, the positives in the negative, meaning, Hey, find a player you're rooting for and see how they progress. Whatever. People aren't really happy with me with that. But anyway, some of these pieces, I want to first talk about Tashawn Reed's piece because he highlighted 10 things that are wrong with the Raiders. And I want to go over some of them because I think we all know these and we've been talking about them for some time, but he had some great insight and research. I want to give him credit for a great piece that he wrote. Number one, but I want to start with these and get your comments on them and talk about them. Number one that he brought up early in his piece was uh, one of the reasons why the Raiders are failing is they went out and spent twenty, excuse me, two hundred and twenty-three point three million dollars on Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Derek Carr. That combination of players has been on the field for a total of sixty-two snaps the entire season. 
62. Ooh. Now, usually in a game, you get up 50s, 60s as a number of plays in a game, right? So you're talking about maybe one game out of 10 that all of those guys have been together. So we talked in the first segment with you about the expectations that Raider Nation had, and especially with that offense. On paper, it was like, holy moly, this is a Super Bowl offense. And guess what? They have not been able to play. Darren Waller's been hurt. We now hear the reports. We talked about it yesterday on our mailbag show. The organization reportedly is not happy and, and about his recovery time and what's going on there, which fans have been crying about for a while. Then you have Hunter Renfro. got in an argument with a guy on our Facebook, or excuse me, on our YouTube page, who was calling me crazy for saying Hunter Renfro hasn't played well. He has not played well. Even before the injury, it wasn't great. So he just hasn't played as well. And then, of course, we know uh, Derek Carr has struggled. Devontae Adams is the only guy who's, who's earned, and I shouldn't say that, who has earned the reputation that we thought he would, and he would be one of the best players in football, and he has been when they passed the ball to him. So, Evan, you look at that. It's hard to overcome. When you spend $223 million on those guys, those four guys, and they're not playing together, how could you expect a better result? Yeah, in, in my opinion, that is the biggest disappointment uh, this season has to be, you know, the, the injuries uh, on offense and how it's affected what we all thought was going to be a really explosive, high-powered, high high-scoring offense. It just hasn't come together. And you mentioned only the, the, the big three there, uh, only playing 62 snaps together. And, and really, you know, I think about the first two games, they weren't the offense wasn't great in those first two games. I believe the second game right. was the Arizona game where they were shut out in the second half, if I remember correctly. So, um, you know, I know it's a small sample size, um, but they weren't even great in the game in, in the snaps that they played together. Now, that being said, I am very disappointed that we haven't gotten a chance to see the offense at full strength, but I still thought there was enough in the cupboards there that the offense should be performing better than what right. it is right now. Think about what this offense has had uh, in past years. Nobody close to what Devontae Adams can do. And Josh Jacobs is performing the best he has of any point in his, in his career. So, right. you know, to me, it's still, it's still disappointing um, because I believe there's still enough there. I think Foster Moreau has has shown that he's capable of, of you know, maybe not Darren Waller's status, but he's capable of doing some good things. Mac Hollins has been a, a pleasant surprise. Now, he hasn't done much lately, but mm -hmm. I, I just feel that, that there's still enough there um, where this offense should be able to score more than they have been doing lately. Yes, and and you talk about the offensive line too, which has been a, a favorite subject of ours on your show, on our show, on probably every single Raider creator show there is on radio, television, and on the interwebs. Uh, and the the offensive line, Evan, not good at all overall. Uh, downright terrible in the passing game. They're twenty seventh um, in uh, pressures and fifty. They've had given up fifty quarterback hits. Dropbacks are limited. Cars, you know, had had struggles with this because of the line. Not always. Now, Carr's struggling outside of that situation too, but it certainly hasn't helped. In a new offense where he's not exactly comfortable, he's behind a line that the Raider organization, and it still befuddles me. And I'm not, tr I'm not trying to throw gasoline onto the Josh McDaniels fire, but I will say this: we heard in training camp, we're deep. We like where we are on offensive line. Guess what? It's terrible. They didn't invest in it, and it's haunted them all season long. Absolutely. I mean, the fact that Ziegler and McDaniels 
thought it would be wise to run it back with essentially the same unit as last year. You insert a couple of rookies, Alex Bars as well. Yeah. I mean, no Denzel that, Good was gone. Yeah. I mean, right. Denzel yeah. Good was lost or retired. Yep. Um, they cut Alex Leatherwood. I mean, mm-hmm. you're running it back with the same group and a couple of rookies. I mean, that that's that's malpractice. I mean, that that <laughs> I mean football so, malpractice yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. um, you know, when you look at who to blame? I mean, Ziegler is not off the hook here. I mean, no, he, I agree. he's got some very questionable moves that he made and, and positions that he neglected. Offensive line is definitely at the forefront. I would look for them definitely to make some moves there here in the offseason um, to try to improve that group. Absolutely. Uh, we look at the defense, of course. Here's this again, some some of these great stats that Tashawn Reed pulled out in his piece in The Athletic. I highly recommend you, listen, you, you read it. Uh, Raiders 31st in turnovers, creating turnovers, just seven all season. It's almost like they try not to get turnovers. I mean, that's how bad it is, right? Uh, it's crazy. And they're, <laughs> they're, that way. they're the 28th scoring defense, and we know that, obviously, uh, as well. Then pass rush, worst in the league, Evan. They're last in sacks. They're 30th in pressures, uh, where, uh, you know, last year they were fourth in pressures and uh, in cube in QB hits as well. So last year with Ngakwe on the other side of Max Crosby and with some of the guys they had in the middle, they were able, Solomon Thomas, they, they did a much, they were a hundred times better up front than they are this year. So you see regression there as well. Uh, so you traded out Ngakwe, Quinton Jefferson, Solomon Thomas for Chandler Jones, Bilal Nichols and Andrew Billings. And I saw somebody tweet today it's like Chandler Jones was the Jordy Nelson. Remember when when they brought in Jordy Nelson, yeah. who basically was done, and I guess Gruden just gave him a nice contract so he could have some retirement money. It looks like Chandler Jones is the same way. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Again, the, the signs were there with him as well. Five mm-hmm. sacks in the final 16 games of the year last year because he had the five-sack game in week one last year and ended the right. season with 10. So, I mean, there were signs of regression there with him as well. Um, but I think, you know, when when – the idea was, well, you pair him up with Max Crosby and hopefully Crosby can draw some attention away and Chandler would be able to take advantage of that. But it has not worked out this year. And I was looking at his contract a little bit earlier today. There's no out there. They're, they're no, on the hook for, for that contract last year. Yeah. There is an out in 2024, but they're stuck with that contract for another year. And he's going to be 33 next season. So that that is looking just really, really bad there. And uh, as far as the defense goes, you know, I think – the, the, the idea behind that, and I know Mo talked a lot about this um, leading up to the season, is that Patrick Graham prefers to have those bigger body defensive linemen where Gus Bradley wants to be able to get pressure with his, with his front four. So he's looking for defensive linemen that can get after the quarterback, and I'm not so sure that's the philosophy with Patrick Graham. So they, they got rid of all those interior defensive linemen that could actually get after the quarterback. So, yeah. again, I, I don't understand how, how people could think that the pass rush was going to be any better, even with the addition of Chandler Jones, because you need to get that push from yeah. the inside. And, and based on the guys they brought in, that's not what they do well. So, again, for me, that was a question mark going into the season. So I'm not surprised to see them struggling so badly in, in that area. Right. Uh, your listeners know that because you've talked about it. We've talked about it on this show since summertime. We talked about the middle yep. of the defense and how weak it was. Uh, so there's that. Then, of course, you have the car regression, 24th in completion percentage this year, 19th in yards per attempt just, you know, lackluster. And he owns that. It is. I mean, again, not all his fault. 
uh, but certainly it hasn't helped, right? So, so we want to do that because people, when, when you call out Derek Carr right now, people are, why are you blaming him? We're not blaming him. He's responsible for his play, though. Uh, and, but not all, and I'll say this, the one thing that I will give him and the last two things I want to hit on on this subject, Evan, is the coaching. Two things with coaching. Discipline, right? Now, I understand the players are on the field. They have to be disciplined. But for whatever reason, we saw them very disciplined in the preseason. We get to the regular season, and it's gone. Okay, 60 penalties for the Raiders. That's ninth in the NFL. And do not, do not blame that on the referees because it's not. A lot of these are unforced um, penalties. 34 on offense, 34 penalties. We know where that comes from, right, Evan? The offensive line, right? Mm -hmm. 34 penalties. That's fourth in the NFL. And the average distance to first down for the Raiders because of the penalties is 8.8 yards. So they're starting on average. On third down, 8.8 yards away from the first down. That is the worst in the NFL. That's what happens when you don't invest yeah. in your offensive line. Yeah, and I also see that Tashawn points out in the article, because I also have it here in front of me, that they're averaging 4.8 yards um, per carry as far as yeah. rushing. So, I mean, that that's pretty good. So they're able to move the ball at times, but but because of the penalties, they go backwards. It, it's Right. They go backwards. So they're shooting themselves in the foot, which, you know, is obviously a major problem. So you combine that with the struggles of the quarterback, the again, they're not on the same page with, with the with the um, head coach, the right. injuries, uh, the struggles in the red zone. And and you can see why, you know, the offense is, is performing the way it is. It's just it's not good enough right now. And you pointed out um, execution and you pointed out lack of discipline. I think that has to fall back on the coach. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm sure you can make the argument. You could make the argument that execution is is up to the players to you know to go out there and and do it. They are the ones performing it. But that all starts with the preparation, you know, throughout the week in practice. So right again, you, you can't avoid you know, putting putting some of this blame on on Josh McDaniels. And, and and where you live in the part of the country, upstate New York, when when it used to be really heavy manufacturing, you have a factory and you're producing, I don't know, let's say you're producing transmissions for automobiles, okay? Uh, and you have the guy who's the head of the entire plant, right? It's his responsibility. He might not be on the floor sitting on the line, putting the transmissions together, putting in the gears manually, pulling a lever. He's still responsible. So, so to your point, that's Josh McDaniels. What Josh McDaniels and Patrick Graham are responsible for is play calling, which is another item that he had on the list, and I agree with 100%, which is why he's picked it out. Uh, and especially late in games. Evan, you talked about, just a moment ago, this team being in games late, but just unable to, to get it done. They got it done last year, which is the whole reason they got to the playoffs, by the way. Not because they were good enough to make the playoffs. They just played well at the end of close games and were able to get in. But late in games, you look at this. They have been so predictable from an offensive standpoint. It's not even funny. We saw it again last week against the Colts. Not only that, 22nd in red zone TD rate. I mean, how many years have we been talking about this? Even, even during the Gruden years, they were terrible in the red zone. Uh, they've gotten worse. They're 23rd in the NFL in third down conversions as well. So when they need to get a first down, they don't get them. When they need to get a touchdown, they don't get them. That is play calling coupled with all of the other things we've put together. This is why when people want to blame one thing, it's a defense. If he had a defense, and yes, Derek Carr's never had a defense. I give him that all day long. But I'm telling you, it's not just because of the defense. The defense 
late in the game against uh, even. I mean, they gave up 13 points in the first half, held them for another touchdown for the longest period of time. The Raiders have had chances to win games. So as bad as the defense is, they still have chance to win, and they haven't been able to do it. That's why it's multiple failures. But Evan, the play calling is 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 where ego and the inability to change and think about, and you see it in the press conferences. What are you going to do different? Oh, nothing. I think we just need to we need to execute. There's one play here, one play there. He's not even saying, hey, you know what? We need to rethink things. Go back to the drawing board and figure out what works for us. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. Yeah, you know, and I think that's isn't that what we heard about um, McDaniel's in his first head coaching stint yes. with with the Broncos? Is that he he was a little hard headed, and it was a little bit of uh, too much of uh, my way or the highway. And I'm starting to read more and more about that with um, long practices, really grinding those players down. And and I don't know if that's really going over well with this team. I I would like. McDaniels to be a little bit more flexible. Um, I'm not sure what kind of input he's taking from Derek Carr, you know, for example, on offense. Um, we, we've heard Carr say a lot of the times, I'm I'm doing what the coach is telling me to do. And that's that's how Derek Carr has always been throughout his career. He's a mm-hmm. he's a corporate man or a company guy. But um, you know, maybe that's that's not the right philosophy. I mean, maybe maybe McDaniels needs to to kind of reevaluate his philosophy and maybe adjust to the players that he has and not ask those players to adjust to what he's trying to do. There has to be a little bit, you have to meet somewhere in the middle and and that might be part of the problem is what we're seeing right now. Well, and it's interesting you say that because Nick Ferguson, who was on in the second segment um, from Denver, we were talking about some of the similarities between the Broncos troubles and the Raiders troubles. And of course, both coaches are under fire and have not performed well. And he said the one difference was he felt that between Nathaniel Hackett and Josh McDaniels is that one guy had a large ego and that guy's not in Denver because Nathaniel Hackett might be incompetent, according to many Denver fans, but he's not an ego, egotistical guy. He doesn't have six Super Bowl rings. So I think that's what that gets at. I, I don't know. We're not in the building, right, Evan? But at the same time, when you won't bend your will and you won't change, and if you, again, I think one of the reporters brought it up at the press conference yesterday on Wednesday saying, isn't, isn't the definition of crazy doing the same thing over and over again with the same result? What are you going to do differently? And the answer was typical. I mean, Josh McDaniels learned from the master was saying nothing and using coach speak, so you didn't get any answer that gave you any insight. But my sense of it was, and if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong, but I don't think he thinks he's doing anything wrong. I think he doesn't think he's got the players, and they're just simply not doing what they need to do to make sure they understand his brilliance. Absolutely. The, the narrative is going to be, we don't have our guys. We need more time. 
He's, you know, you, you see all the changes we've been making. We've gotten rid of all the, the, the Gruden draft picks and we've, we've cut those guys. We're going to, we're going to bring in a new culture and mm-hmm. it doesn't help. It does not help when you hear the general manager praise the job that he has done. And also just this week, you heard Mark Davis come out and say, I think Josh McDaniels is doing a fantastic job. So, you know, what is he supposed to think? I mean, everyone around him is telling him that he's doing a great job. Now, you know, we're, we're not dumb. Two and seven, he's not doing a great job. There's obviously <laughs> problems there. But, yes. you know, for some reason he feels, you know, he feels secure in the job. I, I think he's been given uh, assurance that he'll be back. And, and he's not going to um, make any kind of emotional decisions here. He's going to stay the course, it seems. And, and that might be something that, Maybe not this year, but next year that could cost him his job. Well, it could. And listen, I, I've 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 started to very gingerly defend Josh McDaniels from this perspective. I still think he's wrong about the play calling. I still think the the ego and he thinks he's the brightest guy in the room, and that everybody else is stupid for not doing what he wants them to do. But I also do believe the roster wasn't that good, and so so you look at what they are missing and not making an excuse for him because they still should have. I'm not saying they should be too. And seven, okay, they could be closer to 500 if they win some of those games because of play calling. I think play calling is terrible. And so I think they've lost games because of it. So, so I'm not saying they're a Super Bowl team or even a playoff team, but I think they have a better record at this point. Uh, but, but clearly, he needs more players. I think they knew that going in. Uh, they don't have the right players to run their system. And I think that's, that's the quarterback, too. I don't think Derek Carr does. Um, now, w- before we, we get out of here for the, for the show, I wanted to lastly talk about um, the Barstool piece you and I read, which talks about Derek Carr at great length and defending him, saying how horrible it's been that he has not had a defense in his entire career in a Raiders uniform. And the data is overwhelming. I'm not saying and arguing with him that is not. But when you look at that, do you think the reason Derek Carr hasn't won more? I'm not saying he would have won a Super Bowl if he was a better quarterback, better quarterback, or if they had a good defense here or there. But do you think the argument they lay out there is enough to convince you that Derek Carr could be a top five quarterback if he had a defense? I don't know about top five, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a very convincing article. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's very hard to argue a lot of the points that were made in, in the story. And, um, you know, the one thing I would ask is, has this guy watched Raiders games, though, on a consistent basis? Because, no. um, yeah. you know, I, I think, yes, the data, the stats, you can kind of drive stats in any direction you want to kind of fit what you're the story you're trying to tell. I think when you sit down and watch Derek Carr from year to year, from, from week to week, you're going to see some of those flaws that, that some of the fan base is unhappy with. For example, um, and, and, and I know this seems like cherry picking with the stats, but this is all I could find from 2017 to 2021, Derek Carr out of all the quarterbacks in the NFL has the most fumbles lost 26. Mm-hmm. And that was just 2017 to 2021. Um, in 2014, he lost four. 2015, he also lost three. And then 2016, he lost three again. So, you know, he's turning the ball over a lot. Um, he's also had 54 interceptions in that time period, which is the fifth most of any quarterback in the NFL. So, again, there's there's more to the story than just bad defenses, 
bad drafting mm-hmm. um and 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 you know not enough of talent around him because you know in my in my opinion there has been some years on offense where there's been talent i mean say yeah. what you want about um uh after they traded amari cooper and he and, and darren waller was his number one wide receiver i mean he had a couple good tight ends, Moreau and, and Waller, Josh Jacobs. They invested money in the offensive line in past years. So he's had some help there. It's very difficult, though, to defend the defense. I mean, but <laughs> I will say this. I will say, yeah, you can't. But I will say this. I did some research. I went back and looked at um, from 2014 till up until last year, if there were any other teams who were successful with bad defenses. Okay. And I have a couple here that I'll throw out 2016, the Atlanta Falcons, they went all the way to the super bowl. If you remember that epic Mm -hmm. uh, meltdown, they had the 27th ranked defense in the NFL that year. Now I know sometimes outliers are going to occur, but it does happen. Um, 2014, the Carolina Panthers lost in the divisional round. They had the 21st ranked defense, the Colts in the same year, they lost in the AFC championship. That what, year about the Chief, what about the chiefs, the chiefs in many the, of those great years? Yes. And the chiefs have not always had a great defense. Now they have an all world quarterback, yes. right? Yeah. They're better now. And they have an all world quarterback, but there's plenty of examples out there. The Bengals last year, the Bengals made it to the super bowl. They had the 16th ranked defense, which is a lot better than what the Raiders have had. But my point is, Sometimes you have to have a quarterback that is able to overcome, you know, deficiencies. Mm-hmm. And I know that's that's easier said than done. Yeah. But I just don't believe that Derek Carr is that guy. And and again, it's not. I'm not saying it's his fault. But looking at the way the roster is right now and has been the last couple of years, I I think it's time to maybe look into a higher end, uh, higher upside quarterback. Yeah. And, and I think Derek Carr could go somewhere else where the situation's perfect for him and succeed. I've always said that, right? And and, and Carr fans want to block you or call you crazy or whatever, and that's fine. Uh, but the one thing, the one thing I want to say, Evan, um, before we, we get close to wrapping up the show is the last point on coaching. And you look at the stats, too, like you, it's, it's fascinating when you look at this stuff. And I know to your point about the Barstool article on the defenses and Derek Carr never having one, um, stats can be used how you want them to be used. They're not always the be-all, end-all. But this year, and I think this is this is one of the biggest indictments on the coaching staff, uh, especially Josh McDaniels. The Raiders this year, we talked about those close games at the end. They're one in five. They've been in six games, right, that are close games towards the end of the, the, uh, the, the game, the opportunity to win the game. They're one in five this season when they lead by 17 points, Okay. Uh, in in four or more games, that is, uh, in 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 four of those games, they're one and three. In the league, the record, the rest of the league in games that are where they have a seventeen point lead, the record for those teams is forty nine three and one. Forty nine three and one. Okay, and so when you look at one score games, <clears throat> sure, players have to make plays always. But more than that, you have to call the game and manage the game to put your team in the right position to win. And we've seen it this year. hasn't happened. And the play calling, to me, is the biggest culprit. Yeah, you know, and I, as you were saying that about blowing a large lead, I just mentioned that 2016 Atlanta team. That yeah. Super Bowl that year when they were up 34-3, to I believe it was, or 28-3, to whatever the score was at that point. 
yes, the defense did allow the Patriots to drive down the field and score all those points, but it was the failure of the offense and the play yeah. caller. If you remember, Kyle Shanahan did not call a very good game in the second half there, and and it cost them. I think he he was not aggressive enough. But but getting back to how it relates to now, it, it's 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 the same situation. You know, mm-hmm. they they get these leads, and offensively. You're, they're not doing the right things defensively. Obviously they're not making the right calls there as well. And, and, and we've talked about the lack of execution down the stretch. Um, it was something that, that Basaccia uh, and, and his staff was able to get this team to do well this year. They're not doing those things well this year. When you're in those close games, your team has to be playing its best football in those critical moments. And this year's Raiders team has just not done that. No, absolutely. Well said. All right, Evan, before we check out of here, Raiders, Broncos this weekend. I picked the Raiders last week. Everybody made fun of me, and and they were right. Um, I can't pick the – as bad as the Broncos have been, the Broncos have one of the worst offenses in the history of the NFL, actually, by stats, <laughs> as we talked about with, uh, with Nick Ferguson. Um, they can't score points. Did you know in 49 games since they won a Super Bowl, they've scored less – 17 or less points? So – it's, it's remarkable. They don't put up points, even with Russell Wilson. Uh, but it seems as though the Raiders seem to be the antibiotic for bad offense. And once someone plays the Raiders, they heal up nicely and they score points. I can't, I can't pick the Raiders this weekend. I just can't do it until I see them actually play four quarters. Yeah, I mean, at least Denver has a pretty good defense as well. So, sure. I mean, they got they got that going for them. Uh, and speaking of Denver, imagine how their fan base feels right now, giving up all those draft picks <laughs> to bring in Russell Wilson, giving them all of that money. That's going to kill their cap for the but, next but couple of years. I'd rather have Russell Wilson right now, as bad as he's played, than have Chandler Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Because <laughs> um, I think he'll b- really, bounce back. I, I just do, but that's just me. Yeah. What's the line on the game? Have you seen the spread by any chance? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'll look it up right now for you while we're while we're on the. And, air but I here. agree with you. I, I I find it hard right now to, to pick the Raiders to win any game yeah. right now until I see some signs of life um, on both sides of the ball. I mean, I, I just don't know how you could feel the Raiders are, are favored to win any game. It's on the road. It's in Denver, correct? It's in Denver, correct? Yeah, yeah. So they're going on the road again. Uh, they have not played well on the road. I think they've lost every game on the road this year. I think they're. I don't That's think they've correct. won a road game yet. And so, um, and Denver is always a tough place to play with the, uh, you know, mile high and all that. So it's already cold. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I don't think there's any way right now you could, you could have the Raiders predicted to win this game. Right. They are, according to our friends at William Hill, they are a three point underdog, um, yeah. which I, I, that's what I would have thought on the road against another bad team. <laughs> it's almost yeah. like a pick em. I mean, if you think about it, because on the road, uh, they get the advantage of the three points, especially with a team as bad right. uh, over under on it as 41 and a half. So, yeah, so I, I just can't pick them either. I mean, I hope for the sake of Raider Nation, they win. It would be big for this team. They just need something positive to happen, Evan. I mean, if they could go on the road and get a big AFC West win, yes, they're not going to the playoffs. We got that. But you could start to gain some of your pride back. Yeah, and, you know, I was looking at the schedule there's eight games left. Five of those eight games are against teams that are currently in the playoffs right now. And there's a sixth game against the chargers who are the eighth seed right now in the AFC. So, I mean, I I don't want to gauntlet. Yes. I mean, things could actually get worse. So, so 
you know, hold on tight, Raider Nation. You thanks, know? <laughs> thanks for the half full glass there, Evan. We, we appreciate that. Everybody's really. But, you know, I will say there's also there's always games every year where the Raiders are supposed to lose and yep. they pull off a win. And there's games where they're yep. supposed to win and they lose. So it, it, it's week to week, as I've always said many, many times. So, you know, I could be wrong. But as far as a as a schedule on paper, it does look a bit challenging here in the final eight games of the season. That You heard it here. Evan's calling an upset of the Chiefs. The Raiders are going to upset. Did you hear him just say that? No, I'm just kidding. They were up, uh, what, 24 to nothing the first time they played them? They oh, blew the lead, but but they were just, winning. You just, you just poked the, the, the wound. You poked the wound and made people bleed again. Uh, but no, Evan, thank you so much, man, for sitting in. Hopefully we'll see you on the postgame show. But you got to do us a favor. Evan's podcast comes out tomorrow. Just Pod Baby. Make sure you go subscribe to it. Evan, what are you going to be talking about on the podcast? Well, a lot of the same, a lot of the discussion that we got into uh, this evening. I'll be touching on a lot of that uh, this week on my show. Um, I'm going to be joined by Mark Anderson, who covers the Raiders for uh, the Associated Press. Uh, he's one of my guests this week. And of course, I always preview the upcoming game as well. So uh, a lot, lot going on this week on the show. So Mark, I, Mark's a friend and Mark is a Florida Gator. So give him crap about that. Uh, but also his son is as wise as my daughter. He chose to go to Arizona state too. So ah, there you okay. go. I didn't know you, I didn't know you knew Mark. There goes forks up baby uh, for Arizona state. <laughs> so uh, all good stuff. Make sure you go subscribe to just pod baby. Also follow Evan on Twitter at egrote five. You can also follow just pod baby on Twitter. Evan, I appreciate you being with us, man. We'll talk to you real soon. All right, Scott, anytime. All right, well, that's going to close it out for us on this edition of Silver and Black today. Enjoy the game. I know it's been hard to do that. Hopefully the Raiders give you a good show against the Broncos up in the Mile High City. For my usual co-host, Mo Moten, and for our producer, David Stepanian, I am Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. We'll talk to you Sunday after the game with our live post-game show. Take care, everybody.